Um, so today, um, my best friend and I, we are taking the first step on a journey. Um, how long have we talked about making a podcast, Jordan? I, f- I feel like we've talked about it before. It's it's um, been about a past. it's been about a year. A year, something like that. I remember talking about doing okay. stuff like this whenever we were a lot younger. Like not this specifically, but things like that. yeah, we were always wanting to figure out something that we could do together that could potentially um obviously we don't go any into anything with uh entitlement we just we just see what works and what doesn't yep absolutely um so you and I talked a little bit about the name of the podcast. I'll go ahead and uh, introduce it. Um, so the podcast is the No Bars Podcast, unfiltered opinions that you didn't need. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> pretty much you and I just want a place where you and I can sit down, record, and get shit off our minds and be able to do it without feeling uncomfortable um, and you know judged. Exactly. Uh, but we also don't want other people to you know feel like oh they're trying to force their opinion on us like we're we're not doing that at all we want to have a discussion uh, a dialogue you know if you listen into this um you know we're willing to interact with you um, and i believe the vast you anything to add to i that? believe the vast majority feel the same way um so yeah i i it's not doom and gloom uh there is a silent majority out there that want just normalcy and not, not all the weird stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we don't really have like a regiment here. Um, so we want to make sure we keep things real, but also, you know, like you were saying, not just doom and gloom. We want to have some lighthearted stuff. So... Um, Jordan, how about you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself and uh, tell the people kind of how we know each other. Yeah, my name is Jordan, and me and uh, Pavel met in military school, of all places, boarding military school. And yep. uh, think how many years ago now? I first two thousand ten. No, two thousand nine. Yes, after summer. It, in August, I believe, of 2009 is when cl- yep. uh, school started back up at Chamberlain Hunt. That is no longer open, which is kind of weird to think about. Um, yeah, that'll be what we can go into more depth on, on another episode about the school and everything. I'm sure that'll be a fun episode. Yeah, there's so much to unpack um, of how we met and how our friendship formed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- those are good stories. And, uh, uh, actually times that I look back now, back on and, uh, no matter, I mean, th- they were difficult, but like they, they were good times looking back on them. Yeah, I agree. I, sometimes I, I, I miss a lot of those, um, things that we were able to do and like certain also certain freedoms you know whenever you're younger 
you don't have as many obligations um you get older and you're like oh shit the realities of life yeah here we go the um ignorance is bliss um, mm-hmm. and uh it definitely yeah. like all those cliche sayings and then we just brush them off and now we're older and we're like oh yeah those kind of had meaning yeah i feel like that's probably a lot of people yeah they're like that you know like they they just kind of fl- uh not float but they they go through their youth and then they get older and you know you kind of just you kind of forced you know to deal with being an adult um and it's sometimes it's shitty i i would say it's uh, i mean yeah it, it's stuff that we can talk about later you know like our uh, our, our all the stories that yeah we have. definitely um but i guess on a more i guess it's not uh it's not completely positive of a subject but i do think maybe the first thing we talk about is maybe the stagnation of entertainment right now and uh just kind of maybe talk about some ideas of why that is because it seems it's not just one specific uh area of entertainment it is covering all of entertainment not that there's no no good like directors and uh actors and actresses and uh all that but it just seems like that stuff's not getting done anymore i I don't know if it's a generational thing, which I do believe that has something to do with it. Not, you know, hating on any <laughs> generation, but... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Do you want to give us some examples of things that you're, you're, like, thinking about? I think I first noticed it in... Uh, where it's really big right now, I feel like, is uh, video games. It's something that we hold near and dear to our heart and mm-hmm. really just want to see video games flourish. And that's it. And it doesn't matter which game. I, I, don't, I don't even care if it's a, a genre that I don't play. I want, it, I want everybody to have good games. And it just seems like that's not really happening very much anymore and i think it has something to do with online video games or like multiplayer uh games where everybody wants to just compete which i love um and i know you do too uh but yeah absolutely back when uh, we were still in military school and we went on our our breaks like there would be a a brand new game a, a story game so it's only one one person can play at a time and and they were always hits like every single one was a hit and um i it's just not like that anymore i i, I don't know it's kind of like the people who came up with all the great ideas kind of just like left the industry or something because everything is remakes which don't get me wrong I love uh, but that's I don't know how I'm curious about your opinion on it 
Well, the first thing I was going to say is what would you say to somebody just playing like a devil's advocate? I know that there would be people that would come to you and say, oh, yeah, well, what about Elden Ring? What about this? What about that? You know, games like that. Um, what, what, what would you say to that? I would say... Uh, those are just... And if you don't have an answer, that's okay. Uh, no, I have... I don't talking. know how to articulate it extremely well other than, like, those are only a couple games when, like, mm -hmm. every... Like, four to six months, a new game would be coming out, like, year after year after year, and they were always... They were always hits. Like, I'm not denying those are... Uh, uh, I'm not denying they're not they're great like I'm not denying that like I believe you 100% but like that's just a small example compared to all the games that we had in the past I don't maybe I'm just looking at it with nostalgia but like I still love video games I want to be sucked into the game but I just don't have that that feeling anymore with anything that's coming out nothing is really exciting yeah um my so i have a few different thoughts that are kind of like bouncing around my head um the first thing is that i feel you and i have been burned one too many times on how many games i think that's the biggest problem not just with video Over games years, exactly um but with you know movie trailers um you know album snippets whatever it may be in entertainment um, yeah like just like you, you hear like sometimes like these projects like these video games and movies their budgets for advertising is bigger than the budget for the actual movie itself really yeah and it like they spend massive amounts of money on advertising like that like that's the whole thing because as soon as they have your money it, it doesn't really matter if you didn't like the movie or the game you know what i mean mhm mm it's, yeah it's absolutely. all about advertising it's a strategy and i mean i i'm i'm not saying it's illegal but it's some it's it's kind of unethical i don't know in some cases in some cases not everything sometimes a game or movie or music is bad just because it's bad <laughs> yeah i i just i wish that um we had a better business model from all these companies you know like um i i feel like you and i've talked about it before how actually let me uh let me don't take my word for the budget thing i i need to back that up before i just claim that's true but I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's okay. We can. It's not a big deal. We can cut that out or whatever. We can come back okay. to that. Um. What was I saying? Um. You and I talked about how streaming as a business model has kind of like been a a hindrance to a lot of different um, segments of the entertainment um, industry. Yeah. 
for like streaming and then like free to play games. You know, like well, you and I always talk about how Fortnite was a huge thing, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, but then they had their battle pass, which was you know amazing and something different whenever we first saw it. But now, I almost feel like it's a, a plague on the industry in some ways. Like it's everywhere. Every game has a battle pass, even the paid ones. So it's like you know um, a game that you and I both enjoy, Destiny Two. You have to pay so much money for the DLC, fifty bucks, right? Yep. Or if you're getting like the whole year's content, then you're paying a hundred dollars, you know, so that you have access to all the seasonal stuff and getting the battle passes. Um, I, I would say that Fortnite is probably the the best example of the way to do it properly, um, because they offer so many free incentives on top of that, and their game is just like always evolving, not towards our preferences of obviously. Um, because we kind of have moved away from that but it's just kind of like it ends up being a giant money pit um, in a couple different ways number one you were talking about you know like seeing new stuff right well whenever something's like a cash cow you know people are going to keep coming back to that and the people that are working on it are going to keep you know building on that game exactly um, so that's one probably one of the things that is kind of like holding shit back and like you said but yeah a a lot of the times that games will try to keep you to keep playing it's all about that player retention yep and well because like the 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 big the big wigs um they don't care about what the game is or you know what's going on or, i'm sure they don't even play uh, it they, they care about the numbers no they don't they maybe they have kids that yeah. play it but they're looking at the numbers and what to tell the the stockholders you know and it's just it's not possible to have year over year growth you know um big business well, that's what these companies expect yeah and it's in order to do that you know what ends up happening is people are let go all the time exactly just to make sure that they um, you know, reach profits or whatever. Yeah, because they um, keep upping the ante every year mm-hmm. for for their own selves, yeah, up- not for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do believe that probably most things get too big for its own good and just kind of collapse in on itself. Not that there's nobody playing Fortnite right now. It's still a huge game. I'm sure you can go on Twitch right now and see thousands of people watching people play that game. Um, but Or YouTube. It, so many videos. But there, it's still, even though it's still popular today, it is nowhere near the heights it was back in the day. And... Uh, I or maybe feel like that's probably wrong, but or it's I, not I in the media mean, like, in the limelight. Yeah. In the yeah, it it's lost its luster, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's not special anymore. Like it's it doesn't have um the hill to climb anymore. You you know it's at the top with the big dogs. And I'm I, I I'm tending to agree with these people, even though I hated the truth to it. Um, because it 
It's like, no, I didn't want you to go that direction. Why did you go that direction? The the game is weird now. And people would always say, oh, the, the band, the the singer can't stay the same forever. They have to evolve. And because they're so big, people keep wanting. They can't keep doing the same thing over and over. People get sick of it. But most, like a lot of the times, I've noticed that when uh, a singer tries to reinvent themselves they lose a like i guess a a group of people at a like they grew up with that like or went along with their career and then they just do like a completely different thing it's just like i don't know how they think they're going to hold that player those players to the game i guess yeah Kind of uh, to segue off of what you were talking about, you're talking about like uh, bands changing. Let's kind of talk a little bit about um, music, the music industry. How, what do you think about how music is nowadays? Because you were talking about, you know, everything changing, nothing, um, you know, you're lo- not looking forward towards anything because nothing seems like it's getting better. Um, so what, what do you think about that? Uh, I just... I I don't I really don't have anything that sounds I don't have a an answer to that or even an idea honestly I mean there's like little things you could point to but I wouldn't I don't know but it's definitely noticeable um I I think it's just like it's big business I guess where like and especially the uh, our our culture right now, which is very political. So uh, you have to really watch what you say, and I think that extends to music as well. And they don't get a pass, and so it has to really walk that line. Because if they don't, like they're going to get attacked. They're not going to make their money. And that's just how it is right now, I guess. I guess that's the only thing I would really have. Okay. And it's um, very generic from as the, well. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up is that to me, I feel like it's a lot of just churning out the same old, same old. And that's even coming from me who I feel like I have a... You and I both have a... a for a while, we listened to more like underground music. Um, before that, we listened to a lot of heavy metal, post hardcore, things like that. And uh, obviously, like hip hop, stuff like that, whenever we were younger. We have pretty similar like music tastes for the most part. Um, everything is just kind of stale from my perspective. Um, very rarely will I see radio hits anymore that like really, you know, catch my, my eye. Um, and that that's just all music in general um, even listening to my sister's music or my girlfriend's whatever I hear the, the songs and I'm just like this is it just doesn't fit what I feel like is special you know um, the industry is just it, it's a cycle we know this where they, they push in whoever's big and new and then they you know suck the money out and then they 
spit them out if they're not making them any more cash. And that goes for a lot of other shit too. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think it's generic because of the line they tow. Like, you mean like politically? Well, politically, socially, sadly, social politics have become the thing. And so they have, they have to do it like that to make their money. And, uh, it just is what it is. Um, Could you give like a quick um, explanation for the audience if they might not know what social politics are? Social politics, basically bringing activism into the political world to where, this is my own definition, to where none of the actual problems get solved and it it just feels like more of a distraction not not that uh there aren't actual concerns that we should address but i it's being weaponized to the point where people are not caring anymore and i i don't know it, it's just it's a whole other thing that gets really deep and dark that i don't want to get into but yeah if it's basically a nightmare, and it infects every single uh, facet of life. It and the entertainment industry is the biggest one, because that's what we all go to when uh, we have our downtime. And uh, yeah, basically. And but it's about making money, and money is power. So. They're gonna do whatever the 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 labels tell them to do because they're under contract, um, and there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah, I I think a lot of that also goes for oh. like you're talking about labels and music, it, but, and it, it, um, it stifles social media influence in general and social politics. Uh, stop innovation. And uh, with, like, someone maybe has an um, outside-the-box idea, like, someone could see it as being, uh, you know, offensive, and then they, and then it just gets shut down. And then we don't know. That that person might, might have had a brilliant uh, movie or video game idea. And it was stifled by some stupid, like, political crap. And uh, we, it just stinks. Because there's so many great creators out there that just are not getting the chance to make something really awesome. Yeah, and before I would say the only exception would be um, just some comedians out there, you know. That, that used to always be my understanding is, like, Comedy should have n- no bounds, you know. Um, you and I have very broad humor, I would say. Yeah. And it sucks to see um, these comedians out there, you know, and they're kind of being um, pushed down by all of the shit that's going on and, you know, the agenda, the general agenda, not pointing fingers at anybody, but the agenda that other people um, from above them or, you know, whatever – and they kind of change their routines and it's just hard to see because I, I 
you and I both believe 100% in freedom of speech. Yes. Um, and being able to say what you want, but hopefully in, do it in a healthy way to you know, have progress in whatever is being done or not done. And it's not, it's for me, whenever I look at everything going on with, um, you know, small, big, it, it just kind of sucks to be in this position where um, we're not able to do something bigger about it, yeah. you know? And that's kind of like why I want to start this podcast with you so that, um, we can discuss, you know, things like this where we know that it starts with us, you know, being able to talk about it, being a voice out there and, you know, getting other people's input into it. Because you and I can sit and chit chat over Call of Duty or Destiny or whatever over the phone, but it's not going to make any sort of real change. It's not going to make any real change in us, you know, um, and yeah, that's kind of just like what I want to work towards is being able to have an open dialogue between us and, you know, people that are listening and, uh, you know, whoever else that we may come across, who knows? Yeah. And it, some of the, th- some of the stuff we talked about can seem really, or just like if anybody does any sort of research that it can be pretty black pilling and like lose your, your, your hope or whatever faith you have. But I just that's like that's a number one thing you need to hold on to because uh, it it is like heartbreaking seeing this happen because we remember like how great it was when we were kids and <laughs> the generation before us said the same thing so you see a pattern here. And it, it's just funny yeah. that it continues, even though there's all this knowledge about it. So, yeah, but eventually it'll be stopped. Nothing lasts forever, everybody. It will be great again. What do you, <laughs> what do you think, what do you think um, kind of pushes the cycle towards, like you were saying, the, the last generation said, oh, you know, everything's so messed up, you know. And so did our generation, you know, like, oh, we're the best generation, things like that. You're asking me where do you think it, like... Comes from, like, what What do you think it stems from, things like that? Like, why Why do you, you and I both have that ideology? Um, and obviously, like, I can add on to it. I, I don't know where it comes from. It just seems like nobody really wants to stop it. That's that's the black pilling part of it. It's like nobody wants to do anything about it. And uh, obviously someone could say, well, you're just talking about it. What are you doing about it? But I would say it takes more than one person to do this. This is a huge, mm-hmm. huge endeavor. It's not going to be done with just one person. It's going to take ev- like a good majority to really kind of push back on everything that's going on right now and uh and maybe we could be a little nicer to our neighbors yeah absolutely i that's what i was going to say is that it's important for yes there to be a dialogue but for us to be you know civil if possible 
and for us to kind of you know meet in the middle a lot of times we see these things out in you know the media the news whatever um our our politicians or whoever is dealing with those situations um they end up taking forever and they don't meet in the middle they meet where they get the stuff that they want you know and you and I have talked about this over and over and over who gets fucked over it's the little guy it's always going to be the little guy unfortunately yep. and that's why you know we need to be talking about stuff like this and making sure that you know people at least have an understanding of what they they have going on around them um i i wouldn't say that i'm like the most political person um i'm more in life i'm more of an introvert and i'll say you are also right jordan yeah and Um, when like when i'm hanging out with people it's not hey guess what's happening i mean i'm over that with the like when we're playing video games or something but yeah, well, some sometimes you'll you'll be like, "Hey, did you hear about like?" I, and you're like, "Oh my god, can you um, stop depressing me, please?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm already sad yeah. enough. God. Uh, um, but also, to the audience, whoever listens, maybe wondering why it was such a 180 from talking about the stagnation of entertainment into politics is because it's all intertwined because the politics are infested in the video games now and the music and and it's in subtle ways it's not it's not completely it's not like you're going to listen to something like oh that's political it's like sometimes you really have to listen to it look at the lyrics and uh it's there or in video games like (laughs) I remember when Battlefield was coming out, and if anybody remembers, uh, I forgot, was it Battlefield World War One? Was when they were trying. Oh, I think it was Battlefield Five. They were trying to like. No, no, the premiere for Call of Duty came out, and then the Battlefield uh, crew were like tweeting about like, "Oh, you call that." like a video game or something like that like look at this generic uh cookie cutter game over and over look at ours and it was like the world war one game and and uh then their their game ended up being a hot mess because they like in like introduced politics into it it was just so stupid and it it really put us like a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and that game didn't do well at all like at all and uh yeah no it 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 was it was received poorly and and sold poorly and did not hold a a candle to call of duty or any of their older Um, battlefield games like battlefield was a cool game i enjoyed playing it wasn't my favorite but it wasn't bad but you're not going to catch me playing any of their new games Oh, especially not yeah. <laughs> Battlefield 2042, it, that garbage. Oh my gosh. It, I thought that World War One game was like like such an awful like game and like you know, premiere and like the backlash it got. Like I thought that was bad and then this game came out and there was no praise. There was nothing good about it on YouTube or anybody talking about it on Twitter. 
it, it was just a dumpster yeah, no, fire. People were just tearing yeah. it down. Yeah, it was so 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 bad. It to the point where they like canceled like any of the actually. That's all I remember is hearing they were gonna cancel like a bunch of the DLC, even though people bought the battle pass or something. You know. Yeah, they stopped development on Battlefield Five, I believe, um, because of like you know they just wasn't received well. Not not enough players, etc. Yeah, and I don't know how they compensated any of the people who bought the battle pass because it was pretty quick. So I'm pretty sure you had a pre-order, and that was one of the options was to get the game and the battle pass and get it at like a discount of like twenty dollars or whatever the fuck. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sure the timeline. Um, I'm sure that I can probably pull it up here, but. Yeah, and that was... I'm trying to, I, I remember that... Yeah. Go ahead. And, and that was... I was going to say just... Like, the backlash was mostly just, like... Well, for the World War One game. Like, that's that's where it kind of went downhill for Battlefield. They went political, and then they just... They didn't really make anything redeemable after that. Yeah, a lot of that comes because of... Of yeah, the, it's a, the studios. Yeah, it's a, like the sour taste you put in like, like you put in a customer's mouth. Their interaction with you, it's like they're gonna remember that, and so it's just not the way to go. Yes. Okay. So I'm seeing an article here, um, April twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Battlefield Five completes its run of consistent disappointments. <laughs> EA and DICE announced that they are ending support for Battlefield 5, push, pushing the shooter into an early death amidst the content drought. It's crazy. I, 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 it's so crazy thinking about like how much money goes into creating these games and like you were talking about earlier, the, the marketing is so crazy for these games and the development time and the crunch time and then they, they, they have a big fan base you know like battlefield is not a small game by any means and they're backed by a big studio ea and they release this game which is a flop they have to cancel early and then they release battlefield 2042 which is just a absolute mess um thankfully we've never really had to deal with with that kind of stuff at least with call of duty i would say i think every cod has been kind of like it's fine yeah, COD lately has just been okay. It, it, except for Modern Warfare 2019. I know, unpopular opinion for some reason. But I thought that game was great from everything else they made um, for the last more than couple of years, honestly. Like, of having, except for maybe... Uh, uh, Black Ops 4, I did have fun on that, but 2019 took the cake for me. That game was a lot of fun, and I put, and you know how much time I put, and I know how much time you put into that game, which was yeah. over <laughs> so uh, over much. a month of playtime, which I guess for like extreme or just regular gamers in general, that wouldn't be a lot of time in other other games but I think that's the longest amount of time I've ever put into something 
Yeah, um, I definitely think I had close to 40 days on that game. Uh, how about you give a little bit of like a, uh, just like a backstory, I guess, to um, your history with COD, just so the audience knows. So I know I played every Call of Duty that's come out and even the early Medal of Honor games I played briefly and even the first couple I think uh, one and two I played briefly I did play those but I got Call of, Call of Duty 3 what was Call of Duty 3's name it wasn't Big Red one was it no mm, it could have been I, I can look it up while you're um, anyways I got that on the PS3 that was one of the first games I got on the PS3, and uh, I played the campaign through. Which is called Call of Duty 3. Oh, okay. And I didn't play online at that time uh, for whatever reason. I don't think I really knew about it very much. <laughs> I don't know why. But, it like, people playing online was definitely happening at that time, even before, I think, Call of Duty um, in general. I think Quake was the first game to play, like first-person shooter online game, I believe. Uh, um, possibly. I, I do know the COD engine is based off the Quake engine. And yeah, and so, but COD at that time wasn't very big. I mean, people knew about the game, but <laughs> no, nowhere near than. Uh, the level of, I wouldn't say popularity, but like just people know that game. You say Call of Duty, someone, even the grandmother's gonna know the game because they went out and bought the game at some point for their grandchild. Like, it's so big now, but it really took off um, with, with uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. No, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And, uh, that's when I just fell in love with first-person shooters. Uh, I had an Xbox 360 um, Elite at the time. When oh, those were so good-looking Xbox 360s. It was uh, I think mm. the first uh, Xbox that came in black. I may be wrong on that, but I, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think and you're it right. had a bigger hard drive. And yeah, it, it was like it came with the what sixty something. I think it was two hundred and fifty, two hundred fifty six gig. With COD four, it didn't come with the game. All right, so you got the Xbox. Yeah, I got the Xbox, and uh, and I decided because someone told me like, hey, get this game. I put. And I just fell in love. Like I was getting, I was getting shit on the first game, but I was like, "Oh, there's potential here." <laughs> and I, I, and the, really, the rest is history. Like I played every single Call of Duty up to this, this day. Even like, even if it's not going to excite me, I still buy the freaking thing. I'm like an addict. I'm like, I just kind of can't help it. I'm like, even though. We said we weren't going to buy it. We still did. And I kind of had a feeling at some point we would buy the game. I just didn't know when. 
because I just know us, and we're like, okay, let's just try the game. How about we dabble in it a little bit? And it's like, oh, now we're trying to go well, for the master camo. Well, you, <laughs> well, you and I did not plan on getting it. I was not going to get it. And Bree, my girlfriend, she coerced us into it because she just bought it on a whim. And she's like, I'm just, I just bought it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll get it so I can play with you. I, I'm like... You know, I don't, I don't want to be the loser over here doing nothing. Yeah. And obviously, like, you're going to get it so that you can, you know, spend time with us. Yeah. Um, I would say that you and I are primarily the multiplayer people. Yes. Um, like, you mean as far as... Uh, like, you're not... You don't buy the, the game, like, just strictly to play the campaign. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. A majority of people, apparently, they buy the call of duty game to play the campaign which still blows my mind but it makes sense because you you see every single year like you know one million copies sold and you know how many whatever days you know three days two days whatever um but it makes sense and it makes sense why black ops you know? 3 got so much backlash now i mean that that study makes sense or that that data makes sense that a lot of people still buy the game just to play the campaign and i remember when black ops 3 came out that was the first Call of Duty that didn't have a campaign. I think, in, and it was the only Call of Duty that didn't have a campaign because it was there was a a big enough outcry to tell Activision, no, there's still a good majority of people that enjoy the story that you guys come up with, and I think that's actually a good thing because it's to, it gives me hope that there's a good majority of people out there that want good storytelling. And are not just like everybody's just a bunch of mindless drones playing team deathmatch, <laughs> getting crapped on because someone spawned behind you. Now, yeah, I think you you mean Black Ops Four, I think, right? About the campaign. Black Ops Four didn't have a campaign. Yeah, Black Ops Three didn't. Uh, there's a, a meme: the the train go boom. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Oh my gosh! Stupid uh, shit. Okay. It it was one of them. I don't. It was Black Ops Four, with um. Oh yeah. Remember, I had Blackout, and Blackout was the first time we saw the battle royale in COD. But back to what I was saying. Um, oh yeah, sorry. I don't know why I said Black Ops Three. That was the jetpack generation. No, no. It's I just wanted to make sure, like for the recording, that uh, people know that we're not idiots. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, but so I met you back kind of we talked about earlier in 2009 um, through a series of unfortunate events we became friends uh, I'll tell that story another day I know you don't like me <laughs> telling you don't it, know. <laughs> no I'll okay. save it for, for another time because um, we've been kind of running long here so I just I want to end on like a happier tone like I was talking about you know gaming um. So yeah, we met in 2009, and we became friends. And you invited me to your house in Dallas. Um, and growing up, I had a very religious, scary Russian father who didn't let me um, really play video games too much. Um, I had a Super Nintendo and a PS One, so most of my games were racing games, and I also played, you know. Mario, Donkey Kong, love those Gran games. Gran Turismo. Um, 
Gran Turismo 2. I'm trying to think what else. Spyro. Yep. Spyro 3. Uh, d- did PS1 and have Crash Bandicoot? Yes, that's that's the other game. Crash Bandicoot had a. Um, I. I think it was a third uh, Crash. Qu- something time. Quick little fact: I was not allowed to play that game when it came out because I had very religious parents. Crash. Yeah. What What was wrong with Crash? He's an animal. Dude, I don't remember. I missed. I all I know <laughs> is I missed out on a good game. That is definitely something that we're gonna have to have an episode on. Is um our views and opinions on religion and kind of like talking about our our childhoods and us growing up that's what we need to make sure we yeah. do that anyways um i went with you to dallas for was it a weekend break or was it a full break it was a full First time. break full break okay yep um yep i remember we were in so we went to the class. groveland house um and I had never played a shooter before. Was that the time that we got Bioshock? Or was that later? I'm trying to think. I, it was either the first you, or the second. I think... Because uh, your dad got you Modern Warfare No, 2. yeah, you're right. I know we played right. COD. I, I, I think it was uh, when you first came over, we went to the, the mall to get it. Bioshock. Yeah. I think it was Bioshock 2. Yeah, we got Bioshock 2 and we got the new COD. Yep. Crazy year, right? Crazy year. Just banger after banger. So many good games. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Cause anyway, so... Go ahead. Oh, no. Just... Because I was going to say in the next year, like, the, we, uh, the next year was uh, Dead Space 2. Like... Yeah, Dead Space 2. That's another story. Yeah. We can have an episode on uh, horror games also because that's another love of ours. Anyways, uh, I'd never played a shooter game before. I loved watching you play Bioshock 2 because uh, you and I both love that game. Um, atmosphere, music, gameplay, just it's so good. But I watched you play COD and I remember just instantly, like you said, falling in love with the gameplay, the maps, and I know that I'm not the only one. I'm not special. I know for a fact that that's so many people's favorite Call of Duty, at least from our generation, Modern Warfare 2. Um, It's just, it's iconic in so, so, so many different ways, you know, from, yo, 1v1 me on Rust to montages to some of the biggest um, esports organizations and clans coming out during that era, uh, competitive esports, things like that it's just it was a crazy time and obviously you and i weren't as um immersed into all of that stuff because we were confined at a military school but you know right behind us all that stuff was happening and it was just a crazy time um but just like you i'm more of a multiplayer guy i have a lot of experience playing multiplayer um I would say I'm probably more competitive than you. That's probably the consensus. Yeah. Yeah, it takes... Not that I'm not competitive. It's just I can only go for so long on, like, just match after match of just, like, the most absolute tryhards. And, I mean, I know, like, 
I'm not trying to look for a bot lobby. I'm just kind of trying to have fun. And it's really hard to have fun when you have to, like, I guess 100% be all in. It takes a lot of uh, mental energy, I guess. And then, like, after a couple of rounds, you're like, oh, you want to go play something else? Yeah, I mean, like we talked but about But that's every before, like, multiplayer. It's, yeah, right now it's kind of like a thing in the industry with SBMM, skill-based matchmaking, having to... It's, it's again, it's a business decision, right? Yeah. You're making sure that you're uh, kind of protecting your asset, us players being the, the asset, you know? Um, it's... I have mixed opinions about it. I think it's really good for protecting, you know, newer players, people that are not as good at things, but it is not fun whenever, um, for example, at, at my level, I would say that I'm above average in skill level. And then I'll, I go and play with my girlfriend who is, I would say, you know, average skill level. Yep. And it is just not a fun time for her at all, you know, and, and there's nothing that I can do about that. And that's not my fault. It's the game choosing to almost punish, you know, somebody that I care about because of my skill level. It just doesn't make sense to me in situations like that. And I know other people have had experiences like that. It It is um, weird that they don't take that into consideration. Like they think everybody's going to be yeah. like on the same skill level which is just not the case you have a vast array of different skill levels and i mean it sucks because i mean it's to the point where sometimes uh your girlfriend doesn't even want to play with us not because she doesn't want to play with us but it's hard on her like it's stressful like i know yeah. exactly what she's talking about because it just takes longer for i guess us to like get worn out uh playing uh, like a certain mode or just playing multiplayer in general yeah i i don't really put as much thought into it because for uh you and i whenever we get on it's more just about us talking and you know hanging out yeah um and that's what I want for her also, but she has to put in every single, yeah. you know, uh, she's trying to, ha she has to work so hard to be able to have fun in the match. And that, that's just a, a shitty thing to do. And I, I don't have the answer for it. Um, I just wanted to rant about that. Oh, um, skill-based matchmaking is the issue. I mean, that's a pretty easy, I mean, I'm not saying get rid of it, but if someone turned the dial all the way up. Yeah, it, it, I because it serves a purpose. Obviously, I don't know. I yeah, I know it serves a purpose. I don't know the specifics, but I, I've talked to you about this before. How the because it's not a person sitting there like, oh, you're good, you're going to this lobby. No, it's, no, a, it's a computer yeah, it's an AI program, program it's like, like taking all your mm -hmm. your movement and all the statistics and putting it into like. Yeah, and yeah. it's learning on your history and how long you play, the weapons you pick. Like it's, I know it looks at every single 
thing and it's just they need to tweak some things some more and I know that they're sticking with whatever they're doing right now because you know it's bringing in the most cash or whatever kind of we talked about earlier they're making a business decision to bring in the most money and it's just it's not like when it comes down to it I want each and every consumer to be happy with their product and it sucks whenever I get on and for me I'm chilling but I know that you know my girlfriend is sitting right there and she's struggling and not having a good time because for me it might be a median lobby but for her it's a extremely high skill gap you know yeah it's uh those algorithms are kind of crazy the lobbies it puts you in and uh mhm i'm i'm no god uh tier player at all i have my kd is like right now is like 1.05 or something and you being you being at 1.0 puts you above average i i know and i don't want to say like the game holds you back but sometimes it feels like that like to where it's like oh, you're gonna kind of stay in this th- this right here and it's just like i don't really ever maybe it's probably just me but i don't know no i i definitely see what you're talking about whenever i'm playing alone it is uh, a struggle it's not fun um you know how i am like i'm usually trying to just hang out chill uh do weapon challenges or whatever and everybody in my lobby is trying out for cdl challengers teams yep um they all are trying so hard for no reason and even worse is like you and i sometimes will play like just you and i will be a two stack and we're playing against a four or five stack of people just trying extremely hard for absolutely no reason i get that's how some people have fun i have fun that way too but the algorithm uh it just it doesn't make sense that it's it's doing something like that just because of you know two people's stats um i I don't know it's just um yeah Yeah, and you you never really can predict what you're gonna get not that you could predict back then but it was usually pretty consistent and it felt like the more time you put in the better you got uh, the better stats were, and uh, but now it's just like, oh, what what lobby am I gonna get right now? Am I gonna get my I don't know? Feels like my grace uh, period lobby where it's just like, oh, finally, not not a sweaty, not a sweaty lobby where I'm trying my hardest, and uh, I I also think it's not just the game, like the players. Like, because it's a ton of lobbies now, and it's, like, the majority of what we play. I I honestly believe, like, streaming and people wanting to be on, a like, a, a championship team in the MLG. And, like, because it can be made into a career now where you can make some legitimate money. Or, or just being famous or known. Yeah, or and it, it's no different, like, it... Well, it's still very popular with sports, like to go be a, a professional athlete. It it's gonna be no different. Like when it's so accessible, like oh, I just have to get good at this game. I'm like, yeah, they're gonna try it. If and I would never fault someone, but it's just like that's what everything is nowadays. It's like that competition we were talking about. Like, ugh, 
I gotta get big. I gotta get famous. I gotta make it. Mm-hmm. Gotta grind. Yeah. And and then it just um, and then it's just us. We're like, oh, we're just trying to have fun, and I'm over here struggling on how to build a freaking wall on Fortnite. <laughs> oh god. Uh, oh. So man. many good times. Yeah, yeah. Beginning beginning of Fortnite. Was oh, so I wish I could go back. Season three and so, four. Yeah, so great. So good before everybody was so good. And now I get on there and it's just like, okay, this. I just got shit on by now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go oh, see if he's up uh, there, chat. I, wanna... <laughs> <laughs> I think he's up here. Hey, GG, man. Oh, we gotta, we'll have to uh, find that clip somewhere oh, yeah. and make sure we have it for. Well, I'm, we'll do, we'll do like, uh, like, um, episodes where we go back and like you know share share our favorite clips and stuff like that i think that yeah we whenever we start doing maybe the video podcast that would be fun and even some uh, uh old old phase when they they yeah, used to absolutely I, I may not uh really care for where they are now but i definitely uh res- respect and appreciate what they did back then with their montages and actually you know it felt like they cared about the community i know you have to evolve you can't just stay the same but i don't know i miss that because that's what phase was founded on was video games Mm -hmm. have you seen their uh their stock lately i heard it's not that great unless it's it just i think it's tumbled like over 90 percent. oh my gosh It's 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 picked up a little bit. Um, it's like a, a fifty percent drop right now. That's still not what I'm seeing. Great. from see. like what it started at. Oh no, it was way more. Hold on. Oh, okay. So it peaked in August of twenty twenty two at twenty dollars. Okay. And it's currently at one dollar and three cents. It's for the past year. It's a ninety percent loss. I mean, what did you expect when your That's audience huge. is a bunch of kids? I'm like, like that's your audience, that's your customer, and they're not old enough to get into stocks or even, like, honestly realize what they're doing. Like, it's just the the. Go ahead. Like, I don't. I'm not a business guy, but it's just like I'm probably wrong, but it just seems like such common sense to me that like why isn't our stocks doing well? I don't know. Maybe because uh, your your fan base is a bunch of 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Well, I mean, we both know that there's a lot of um grown grown-ass men that are huge fans of Phase and everything that they do. Um, I'm with you. I personally can't stand them, um, except Phase Jeff. I love you. Um, yeah, he's good. Their content has just obviously gone downhill crazily, and you know th- you have articles like this that are coming out. Uh, this is from Forbes. Phase Clan faces substantial doubt it can survive five months after going public. Um, it- it's the reality is that. Most esports companies they don't generate money. They don't make money. Yes. You know? They, they um 
I think a hundred thieves is like one of the only ones that actually makes profit right now. And that's because they're not just in a gaming, they're diversified in a lot of different ways. Well, they um, have to, to keep their main I, I would say, team floating. It's just business. Yeah. And also yeah, they exactly. take a cut from like, uh, their creators making YouTube videos and deals, all that stuff. I mean, that's all business. But yeah, it takes a, like what yeah. you're saying, it takes a lot to become profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like with FaZe, I feel like they've kind of had like people swimming in and out of the organization, um, falling in and out. And they kind of just like jump into whatever on top of all of the the drama that surrounds them because we know that it's <laughs> it's kind of hard to take them seriously whenever it's founded by a, a bunch of uh, you know children pretty much. Um, and I, that sorry, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you on that. No, it, no, you're good. I was just saying like children that w- were like us. They played Call of Duty and you know they were sniping or whatever and then they you know blew up and they made a business out of it and just kind of like went into this crazy thing where everybody wanted to be on phase for some reason um i wasn't one of those people and i know you weren't either i was always an optic guy um, there was also i've some, always supported optic a lot more there was also um a lot of I've been hearing a lot, and and some of uh, the OGs from Phase, I think uh, I think Phase Rain. It was recently. I think it was like a month or so ago where he. I think he posted a video on YouTube. I think it was a and he like a lot of the original people don't really post on YouTube at all anymore. Like there, I think there's some pro like some of their some of their guys haven't like posted in like months or or like a year or something and i think they actually don't because they're not really associating with phase they it's just in their name now and a lot of them or a couple of them were saying that like some sketchy people got involved like business got involved and I think that's why we saw that complete transformation of phase from a small gaming house to going to Hollywood basically and becoming this huge brand. Like if you think about yeah, it, but then how do the, you explain like banks and you know, all that? Think about stuff. it. They go from New York to LA, the literally, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, literally that like, we know how like I'm going to choose my words carefully I guess corrupt in a sense not not politically just like corrupt in like there's rampant drugs there's rampant crime and like uh, fame goes to your head and what what happens to a lot of these people they they end up on drugs banks even mentioned it like I rem, that video is still up on I think his YouTube of like how he he was talking about like he was a a drug addict and I, I'm pretty sure he uh, still struggles with it to this day, but they were saying that like 
they got into business with like I don't know what it was, but like other people took over phase and did this. Like, hey, you're going to blow up. You're going to get a lot of money. Because they did get a lot of money. I'm not going to lie here. but Yeah, but it's it's hard for me to feel sympathetic I, I because com- just saying, at the end of yeah, the day, they made those decisions. No, it's just like I I can't feel bad for you whenever you're acting like you're hot shit and you've got all this money and then, oh, boo-hoo. You know things are not looking good right now for the company. The, the face clan is going to be fine. You know. Oh, I was just they have like too much going on for it them. It was such a transformation because that was when they went from New York to L.A. That's when the video s- started dropping of Call of Duty, and they started going into a vlogging type of YouTube. Well, vlogging... Yeah, because they were like, hey... Is what's going to make the money. They're like, hey, what you're doing now... So... Isn't going to... Like, vlogging's a new thing. Start doing that. And so their videos slowly stopped with Call of Duty content. I mean, they still continued for a little bit, but it was... It... Like, they switched into vlogging as well, and then they just completely switched over. Like, you have Face Jeff, obviously. He's different, though. He doesn't live or really associate much with them yeah i, I don't even know where he at least in public Ohio he doesn't um uh, so but yeah i mean just crappy stuff like that like it, it's because we grew up like and we w- like with them in a sense like watch their career go from just the small face house in new york to what it is now and it's just like it sucks i'm like I wish those guys didn't go off course so much. Yeah. Uh, you you have more of a uh, fondness for their old content than um, me, I would say. I did watch them, you know, their montages and stuff. I had... Um, I, I, w- I would say, like, I looked up to, like, the way their content was and how good they were. Um, coming back to what I said, how competitive I am, I always wanted to be um, really good at anything I did or played, etc. Yeah. And you know how I am. I, I'm really big into, I try to find out every single detail and test everything, and I try to figure out the best way to do something. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of like Tfue. People, people like, you know, that he's like, oh, he's going to find every game-breaking bug. I do the same thing in COD. I try to find every single thing that can, you know, help me understand the game and give me an advantage, I guess. And that's why I like gaming, because there's so many ways you could go about it and, like, your play style and yeah. everything. It's just, like, nobody's going to have the exact way you have about it. It's just... I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, and then you can look up online because someone took the time to look for every bug in the game. And it's like, hey, you can get up here. Did you know that? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but also, like, you said you looked up to them for more of their skill. And then, like, and as time goes on, you're realizing, I'm not saying every montage was fake, like their shots, but, like, most of them were, like, set up where they advertised it as, hey, we were in-game and this happened. Like, yeah. it, it just kind of ruined I, I, the m- magic of a lot of it, too. Like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, my latest experience, other than Phase Jev, who I watch... Um, you know, every now and then, um, 
you and I would watch a face rug. Face <laughs> rug. Quote unquote comedy videos. We look at the title. Where he was selling his ex girlfriend's body and and stuff like that. And yeah, we would just crack titles. up about the titles and the stuff. Yeah. If you guys ever go on YouTube, just look it up. It's comedy. Um, the and this guy gets millions of views, and he's breaking in so much money. Uh, let me uh, uh, look real quick. Uh, Sorry, just a second. Twenty Phase Rug has twenty-two point eight million subscribers. Yeah, I see, I'm seeing here 6.72 billion views. His and video that he did a, kid, a like, day ago has 2.1 million views a day ago. Yeah, I mean he's he he's big. He's probably the most He's the biggest viral of all the faces. Yeah, he's right? the biggest. Yeah. He's like the face he, of cuz he he's fan, family friendly um yeah. like he well, he re- for the most part. Yeah, for the most part he's He's very family friendly. Um, I don't know how cocaine prank is family friendly, but whatever. <sighs> you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it, like there are so many other things you could be watching, like M- Milf Island, whatever the fuck that is. Like, I've never even heard bas- of that. <laughs> just. Look it up on YouTube. A trailer. It's basically you know all those stupid reality shows like Jersey Shore. It's that type of thing, but they're on an island, and their sons and mothers go on an island, and the sons all like sleep with the other woman, and it's just. Wait, this is on YouTube. I don't know. Just l- like you could look up the trailer on YouTube. I don't know if it is on YouTube. I, I I'm not gonna look this up. I don't want Brady mad at me. <laughs> it. It's just, it's, it's just gross. So yeah, like, cocaine prank maybe not the most family friendly, but the reason he has that many subscribers. I mean, he made that when he was a kid. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would have watched that. I would have wa- watched oh cocaine prank when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's different because I kind of have the uh, common sense to know it's a joke. Which a lot of people don't have that anymore, and then they go out and replicate it. Uh, sorry, I went on a rant. No, no, it's you're fine. I uh, just kind of like talking about you know all the things that are on our minds, but yeah, and I'm sorry, guys, that it's just all over the place. It's the first one, just kind of getting used to everything. No, no, no. I I feel like we did pretty good. I f- I feel like we did fine. Yeah, I'm happy with our conversation. Yeah. Um I wanted to end off on like a just a short little little thing. And I wanted to know if because you were talking about like the the AI and everything and you know, the engine. But have you heard about the Chat GPT? Yes. The Chat AI? I- did you see the stuff about how, um, like, there's stuff coming out? Of, it's supposed to be, like, what is it, decentralized, you know? Like, not have any opinions or anything. But somebody typed, like, 
make a friendly poem about Biden and it yeah, does I saw it. that. But then somebody typed make a friendly poem about Trump. Uh, Donald Trump and it says something completely different that it can't. <laughs> and it, it's it kind of like what we were talking about before. gave the excuse that he is so controversial that it <laughs> basically gave me, gave an excuse of why it couldn't. I mean, it was it was it was yeah. bullcrap, but I mean, I mean, we can all see through it. Yeah. But it's just it's just funny it, the level of biasness it had. Yeah. It, it it's just interesting to see that um, things like that are. That's actually scary. It's all, even uh, it really is yeah, scary. It, it's, like I don't know what the being, solution is to that man because you always know there's going to be some nefarious player behind the coding in some sort of capacity. Yeah. It, because it's it's their yeah, thing. Possibly. It's their thing. They invented it. Why wouldn't it have their type of bias in it? Yeah, and that's that's why you know you and I are going to have this show so that we can talk about, you know, spread the word talk about things like this have discussions about you know the important things and the non-important things it's just about us having a little community hopefully someday here yeah and being able to you know spread our uh spread our wings and kind of speak our minds yes i i really do hope for that because uh just everything's so tribal you just kind of feel like one group feels left out of that one. And I hope we can make something where everybody can kind of, you know, just tag along. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to uh, kind of end this first episode of No Bars. Um, yeah. Do you have anything that you wanted to add or end off with? Uh no, I think uh said everything. Talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh this has been our first episode of the No Bars podcast. Unfiltered opinions that you didn't need. I'm sure that you got plenty of those. Um we thank you guys so much for listening and thank you so much for being a part of our community. All right. Until next time. Bye right, guys. Cool.